Welcome to day 297 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. As we continue our third season together, the journey through the prophets, we've been reading from Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, like many of the prophets before him, is announcing judgment, um, not only on Israel and Judah, but all of the nations, uh, proving God to be the sovereign creator of the entire world, of which you know everyone will ultimately answer to him. Uh, for who he is and for the good gifts that he has given. And so we have a unique uh, thing in in Ezekiel, where Ezekiel spends a lot of time on a prophecy against Tyre, a lament against Tyre, and accusations against Tyre, uh, which was, you know, a seaport city of of little consequence, you know, in the major battles between Egypt and, uh, you know, Babylon and Assyria, uh, but uh, dominated trade, you know, in the Middle East and in the exchange of goods and was a wealthy nation who thought that they were beyond the touch of other nations. So we come to a very interesting chapter, chapter 28, because we receive reflections entire that go beyond, you know, just, you know, Tyre itself, uh, but uh, to the very heart of human nature, to the very heart of, you know, the creation and the fall, and, and maybe even to the very heart of something uh, deeper and more sinister. So this is one of the most interesting passages in Ezekiel and in Old Testament prophecy. So let's sit back and read this together, uh, beginning in uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. Before we read, as always, we we want to come to God's Word and uh, see reflections of ourselves, see reflections of His grace, and, and obviously to see reflections of the gospel and our Lord Jesus Christ. So before we read, uh, we pause. And we pray. Uh, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do ask as we turn to your word that um, you would do what only you can do through your word and search us, um, help us to see any sin, any anxiousness in our own hearts and our own lives. And and may we, as we look to your word, um, behold you, be reminded of, of who you are. And in that, may our hearts be calmed, may our hearts be encouraged, and may you um, give us the strength we need to follow you and to be your people. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 28, and the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says, in the pride of your heart you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas. But you're a mere mortal and not a god, though you think you're as wise as a god. Are you wiser than Daniel? Is no secret hidden from you? By your wisdom and understanding, you've gained wealth for yourself and amassed gold and silver in your treasuries. Uh, By your great skill in trading, you've increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. proud. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you think you are wise, as wise as a god, I'm going to bring foreigners against you, the most ruthless of nations. They will draw their swords against your beauty and wisdom and pierce your shining splendor. They will bring you down to the pit, and you will die a violent death in the heart of the seas. Will you then say, I'm a god in the presence of those who kill you? Will you uh, be but a mortal, not a god, in the hands of those who slay you? You will die of the death of the uncircumcised at the hands of foreigners. I have spoken, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, 
every precious stone adorns you, carnelian, crystallite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis lazul, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings are made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You are anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and expelled you, guardian cherub, among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you uh, you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all those who are watching. All the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Sidon. Prophesy against terror and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Sidon, and among you I will display my glory. You will know that I am the Lord when I inflict punishment on you and within you and prove to be holy. I will send a plague upon you and make blood flow in your streets. The slain will fall within you with the sword against you on every side. Then you will know that I am the Lord. No longer will the people of Israel have malicious neighbors who are painful briars and sharp thorns. Then they will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. When I gather the people of Israel from the nations where they have been scattered, I will be proved holy through them in the sight of the nations. They will live in their own land, which I gave my servant Jacob. They will live there in safety and will build houses and plant vineyards. They will live in safety when I inflict punishment on all their neighbors who malign them. Then they will know that I am the Lord, their God. And of course, we're reminded, you know, from uh, the oracles of judgment that you know God is glorified in, in in both His judgment of sin, but also in His rescue and His redemption of His people in spite of their sin. And of course, when He provides ultimate redemption from sin, you know, through you know through the blood of Christ. So we've come, you know, to uh, the middle of the oracle section, and right in the middle of the oracles of judgment, you have that renewed statement of the hope mm-hmm. for Israel. Uh, but let's talk about this interesting guy, the, the, the king of mm-hmm. Tyre. Mm-hmm. You have two stanzas here. And the first stanza, you know, he's described very much as a, a normal king. And he's described very much as one, you know, in pride because of, uh, you know, because of his wisdom and because of the deals that he has made and because of the wealth that he has accumulated. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's obviously probably building on kings that have gone well before them. You know, that he has a lot of confidence in himself and in his ability and in his skill. And he thinks of himself as untouchable. Uh, but, you know, finally God asked him in the day that, you know, that you are slain and brought down. Are you going to look in the face of those who are about to slay you and say, I'm a God? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. see what you know your pride does for you in that moment. Then you have the second stanza. And the second stanza, you know, has uh, elevated language where, you know, it uses a lot of creation you know, narrative, and that goes beyond creation narrative, you know, to some uh, narrative being in the presence of God and being, you know, cast down from God. So there's probably, you know, three or four reflections, you know, that are work here. One is a reflection of, of a king of Tyre, 
and the level of his pride, and it's stated in exaggerated, you know, in exaggerated forms. Another reflection, of course, is is, is a reflection of, of Adam in the garden, you know, created in perfection and beauty, and yet you know traded that beauty. And then there there may even be a reflection of the one who lies you know, beneath it all, you know, the very enemy of our souls who has exalted himself above God and to whom, you know, whether you're a king of Tyre, you know, sitting on a, you know, desert, you know, on a uh, island throne or whether you're Adam, you know, in the garden or whether you and I today, uh, you know, who sometimes are captured by and display these kind of attitudes as reflective, not of the people of God, but of the enemy of God. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel is really deep. <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> there, there is, you know, there, there is so much going on, and, and usually there's a lot. You know, there is so much more going on in the prophets. You know, they're they're borrowing images, you know, from the rest of creation. They're mm-hmm. borrowing images, you know, from uh, uh, the rest of Scripture, and mm-hmm. uh, they're bringing these images down to bear in a very, you know, kind of you know practical way. Mm-hmm. And you know, for us, when we look at it, and you know, one of the things that we want to be reminded of is. You know, that these, uh, you know, we may not be a king over an empire. We may not have, mm-hmm. you know, fortified, you know, islands, you know, city ports. We might not have all of the wealth that they have, but we are vulnerable to the same temptations that they're vulnerable to. And these are the very temptations that, you know, created, you know, created the fall and brought mm-hmm. destruction and sin and pain and sorrow and death with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe a reflection of it, even you know, different rebellion that happened at the throne of God mm-hmm. you know, in eternity past as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the with the kind of garden imagery, you know, yeah. we do see Adam essentially saying, Well, I'm gonna be God and I'm gonna choose and I'm right. gonna kind of de- make myself a mm-hmm. deity and, and do things my way and, and we see that here in the in the King of Tyre and we even see that in our own hearts as as well when we think that we know what's best or we know mm-hmm. what's better than God. And and I, I like kind of the difference of Ezekiel 28 here, you know, where he's like, hey, I'm a God. And we kind of see just that pride of, of mm-hmm. man and that we fight against. Mm-hmm. But then like all the way further along in the story, it's just a funny little scene. But I think in Acts 14, when, uh, you know, Paul and Barnabas come into the city and the people think, oh my gosh, the gods have come here. And it's kind of like what everyone wants. Like, what what could they have gotten out of that situation, right? That these people think they're gods, and yet we we see Paul so quickly say, "No, we are regular people. We are common, just like you. Like we're mere men." And so you kind of see that that humility that that the gospel mm-hmm. brings. Um, and so just kind of contrasting those two situations. Here's a guy saying, "I'm a god." Paul saying, "No, no, I am not a god, but there is a, no, a there, god, and there's no doubt about it." Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we're reminded, you know, that uh, it's easy to, you know, look at our, you know, wealth and say it doesn't compare, and it's easy sometimes to look to our sin and say it doesn't compare, and sometimes we can, you know, very much, you know, trivialize our sin. You know, one way to look at, you know, the garden is, my goodness, it's just an apple. You know, mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's so bad about mm-hmm. taking a bite of an apple? Uh, but the first act always is uh, mm-hmm. 
an elevation of self to the mm-hmm. place of God. And, you know, as I, you know, Dr. Carson has said, the first act of our sin is always to dethrone God and enthrone ourselves. And mm-hmm. so, you see a very, you know, very vivid picture of that, you know, here in this expression. So, that is Adam's mm-hmm. sin. That may have been, you know, Satan's sin. Mm-hmm. You know, and will certainly was Satan's sin before him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was certainly our sin, you know, as well, all reflected. In in this passage, mm-hmm. so elevated to you know, elevated language, and of course, it's probably pointing to realities deeper than we can know or deeper than we can realize. But it's also a very simple reality that we can you know bring you know bring back home that these are even though not in the proportion, not in the extravagance, these are the temptations that we deal with, and far better for us to uh, let God be God and us to glorify Him. Mm-hmm. Cindy, do you mind closing us yeah, with a word? No, prayer? I don't mind. Father, we just, in light of these words um, and the understanding of our own rebellious hearts, want to thank you for um, a Savior. Thank you for Jesus who did not consider equality with you something to be grasped, but he was able to humble himself, um, to walk in obedience to you, and to suffer all for us, Lord. So we thank you for that Savior. We thank you that apart from him and his work in our lives, we would all be met with horrible ends. So we thank you for the work of Christ. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.